is back. Starving for attention is back. Still learning things. You know who not? Uh, who's not learning things? Uh, S. Pellegrino, because for over a century, Jasmine Blaze, S. Pellegrino, sparkling mineral water has been in the iconic symbol of style and taste. I thought you were going to say Lucy, to be honest. <laughs> I really did. You really tricked me. With that is that. true. Yeah. Uh, she, But she's like not learning. S. Pellegrino has already learned it. I guess that's the difference. Uh, and we know that with Pellegrino, they're distinctive, gentle bottle, bubbles, subtle nuances, and perfect mineral balance. Uh, helps it pair well with anything, even all of the barbecue and the live shows that we're doing here from Casa Blaze. It is a crazy world, uh, but S. Pellegrino has been helping us get through it. I mean, really, those bubbles uh, really are a big pick-me-up. You know how some people use coffee as like their like pick-me-up during the day? Of course. I do as well, but also like the two bottles a day, at least, that I drink of S. Pellegrino. I see them in the recycling bin. Yes, they bring me back. So thank you, San Pellegrino, so much for being a sponsor of the podcast. Thank you for the great product. Thank you for donating to the James Beard Foundation and all of the things that you do for our industry. You can plan for an unforgettable meal and most memorable moments with S. Pellegrino. You'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. To enhance your memorable moments with unique recipes and culinary tips, visit sanpellegrino.com. The voice is getting a little raspy. I thought I was going to have to come in there and save you. (laughs) Yes. I am coming off of the uh, recording another, the other podcast. Yeah, the other woman. Which is like, really, even today when you walked in, just to get right into it, I felt like... The other woman? No, I felt like you were like, oh, he's with her. Um, Or him, or however. No, uh, I wasn't at all. Okay. Uh, But you did invite me to come into your your uh, open relationship and be on your other podcast now so you <laughs> we're are like will and jada smith oh see you went there you didn't want to go there in tiktok last night but you're going there with the uh pop culture news that I let there's it, I let it breathe uh, open relationship perhaps well we don't know it's, we all, don't know. it's all rumors gossip but anyways you richard invited me to be a guest on food court and i'm considering you should well one you're you're a producer of it your name is mentioned every episode on that sure. show but we'd love to come here do you have any idea what you might argue about what you would debate on i have court? to really think about it and i'd have to go back and look at what's been debated because i haven't been like a loyal listener every single week I, I obviously have seen a lot of them come across my inbox and i know a lot of the topics but i don't wouldn't want to repeat any either yeah i don't think you would um what about pastrami versus corned beef Ooh. anyone done ooh. that um, I'll, I'll, I'll take you know Brooke every Williamson. pastrami is corned beef. You'll take on Brooke Williamson. Yeah, great. She's queued up, so I think that <laughs> would be a fun one. To I think do. we had that um, disagreement on a Instagram. Ah, uh, that's post that, that at makes some sense. Point. Really, I think so, but I forget which one I picked, so I'll have to go back and see. Right. Well, that that's one where I think they're, I they're pastrami. They're both corned beef, so it'll be a, a right. good argument. I just realized too. I just remembered. Remember when you shot that like pilot sizzle for like celebrity chef wives thing i do yes i don't know if we ever talked about it on the podcast probably not no um but that was fun i don't think it happened you know it happened a couple years before the podcast probably that's true but um i because i was thinking the other day when i put that picture up of tiktok with you with the um eyes the googly uh uh, shifty eyes yeah and you were concerned that people thought those were your real eyes there's no way they're cartoon eyes thought that they were my real eyes um, if guys, if you've seen the Instagram post where Jasmine Blaze has some shifty eyes, that is that is an effect on the TikTok uh, platform. But it got me to realizing when I was going to hashtag that, like, sh- you know, chef wife stuff or what I was looking for, like some fun hashtags. Yeah. And I was like, there's no like that was the pilot that you shot, right? It was sort of like a version yeah. of like Real Housewives, but yeah. with chef wives. Yeah. You know when I knew it was ill-fated and never going to make it? <laughs> Do you know when I knew? Do you no. Know what the point was? It was when I heard the working title. Do you remember what it was? I don't. Side dishes, I believe. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> wow, nope, this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> no. Well, especially like I think in our open for season two of Starving, I joke around about like what a side piece is. But right. it's, it's I not get, a good thing. No. Were they even trying like were they trying to just say that like a chef's career is their first thing? I don't think so. And, no, I don't think so. No, they were really just trying to go with the whole like. I don't know. Like the whole mistress. by their side kind of thing, I oh. think is more. Ah. I don't think mistress. I think it was like, you're by their side and you're a dish. As in like a Oh, what a it? dish she is. <laughs> She's a dish. No one says that. I took that the wrong way, but that's perfect Anyways. sense. Fun episode coming up. Uh, well, no spoiler alert. You're going to stay on to the end. Melissa King is joining us live in studio. And when I say in studio, I mean via Zoom. And when you mean live, you mean recorded a couple days ago. Ah, yes. <laughs> 
That's true. Two That's days all right. Ago. We're all learning new things. Um, we, and I'll bring this up because I think you'd want me to, but um, you mentioned in, in the San Pellegrino um, bit there that uh, we're running like basically a professional kitchen out of our house. And we're mm-hmm. starting to, to, to hit some speed bumps along the way. I don't know if you know, but we lost like a whisk and a spatula this week and something else. Scarlett <laughs> said something else broke. So we're, we're dropping what like... What else broke? Some, some like okay. uh, utensily type thing. And like we're losing stuff uh, left and right. Like yeah. nothing is... It, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm sure you, you've told me this before of where like, you know, profession, in a professional kitchen that things you know, obviously are built differently and last longer and built in a more utilitarian way, maybe to, mm. to last. And obviously home kitchen things are not. Yeah. I think we touched upon this just for the people who are cooking more at home, how they've realized that like, obviously working in restaurants is really tough and challenging, but yeah, the wear and tear on equipment and or the house yeah. is becoming a thing. Yesterday I did have to talk to a grip uh, who is someone who's setting up a lighting scaffold mm-hmm. at our house. We did right. a produced event yesterday, and this is happening now, and we are very grateful and thankful for all of these opportunities that are coming back online and online virtually, right? literally. Um, but that, you know, he was sort of clamping a grip to like a shingle of our house, right. and we have uh, barbecue spatter on the outside brick deck that seems to be a stain that can't go away. Uh, yeah, the, the the splatter. I'm concerned. About. I mean, a splatter is just like I, I was looking at kitchen mats today on, online because, yes. like, I'm pretty sure like brick is a porous surface. Surface. I mm-hmm. think it's gonna stain. I think yeah. that might be there forever. Now. So it is a a worthwhile discussion. Discussions were. What, what was the grip doing on this? On the he was connecting a uh, a lighting scaffold right. to block block the sun basically on our deck because we're shooting to bring you up to speed. We're shooting a lot of live shows mm-hmm. that you could also potentially book, especially if you're. Uh, booking talent for different corporations, but we have dozens of these now yeah. lined up. Again, grateful that this is happening. It's a new world. It's not going to go anywhere. It's just an acclamation, right? I mean, that's what I'm looking at it mm-hmm. as. I think you look, look at it like um, I'm mad at you about all of it, but I'm not. Oh my gosh. I love I, how you get into the therapy part of this. I am um, definitely in the market for a mat for our patio though, because I'm a little worried at the state of it out there Yeah, with what, with what we have coming up, right? We have well, a lot more shows coming up. And in so. the same way, as a cook, I already was thinking I need a mat out there for my feet. If you've never worked in a professional kitchen, usually behind the bar, or behind the line of a restaurant, sometimes Sometimes there are mats. Are they there so that cooks maybe don't slip? They're there to protect maybe the floor. Uh, they're there also for the comfort of the people that are doing the actual work. And our backyard and, and our kitchen now is becoming a more of a professional kitchen and more of a studio set. So what I'm saying is I'm going to set up a linen delivery. <laughs> well, we had this conversation and I'm very, which is really interesting. As a chef in a restaurant, I'm the type of person who's always like, yeah, you know, if you need the tool to do the job, then definitely go get it. As the homeowner... I'm a lot less uh, reactive to this, which is a little weird. Uh, Like we have a gas grill out there that I basically have restored to a point where two of the three pilot lights on it work. uh, And that has, uh, you know, been a a, a big sort of part of, you know, of my moment out there is figuring out like what what are we going to use with the tools that we have. Right. But I have not made the decision to call the barbecue doctor, which is a real thing. Uh, to come out and fix it because you're like, ah, we don't need it. And I guess it's an interesting thing where my homeownership yeah. and my uh, well, restaurant chef worlds are combining. It was also probably like uh, a little bit of like pandemic budgeting too, I think. Maybe Early like on, but like, still. Ah, we don't need to spend correct. the money on that right now. Right? Um, but I'm also like, again, we have a backyard that's doable for doing a lot of live streaming. I want to turn that oven into a pizza deck. That's the next yeah. big thing. That was the- my idea. Well, it's a, it's a great idea because we have the fireplace ready to go. So we have a hearth. We just need someone to turn it into a pizza deck. And we need someone to do it in three days. <laughs> so if you know a contractor new, yeah. slash designer in Southern California, because uh, one of the things that we are learning, and this is a quick segue to our I think everybody, uh, modeling world. I think everybody is in the same boat. I Just from I everybody I talk to, everybody, uh, you're in your house more right now, right? So you're looking at things. And you're seeing every little thing that bothers you or mm-hmm. bugs the crap out of you about this way that this drawer opens or this does this thing. You know, our oven door broke on the, the third day of the, of the quarantine. I, I think. fixed it. You did fix it. Yeah. It took a couple in YouTube videos and Always. some WD-40, but mm-hmm. you fixed it. Um, and I think everybody's having these moments. Um, from what I hear, like contractors and, and uh, masonry and, and people that Landscape do work. Artists. Yeah, they're all 
super busy because everybody is in this moment of like, you know what? If I don't like this, I'm going to fix it because I have to stare at it for the next hundred days. Definitely. And again, you know, uh, not everyone, you know, can do those things, but we are, we're home. We're looking at, uh, things to remodel and, uh, you know, everyone's doing it like you're saying. So kind of amazing. Speaking about remodeling, not really, I guess it's not remodeling, but you did another round of brisket remodeling. You're, I love that. I mean, again, <laughs> you you're basically wrote the uh, bullet points of what we're going to talk about today. Well, I've been keeping just a little notepad. Oh, I love – have you? Not a, 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 I mean like a, a, in my phone. But yeah. yeah, that was something I wanted to ask actually. With ideas. The uh, comedians that I just had on yeah. uh, on Food Court was like how do you keep up inspiration? So it is good to have like notes or a little yeah. moleskin or something like that. Uh, yeah, I cooked our third brisket of quarantine. Yep. Um, and again, I've cooked brisket before quarantine, but yeah. not really the barbecue type, right? Like I've braised it, we've, you know, baked it, things like that. Right. Uh, and I'm feeling good. I'm this feel- time you had the, 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 the paper, the butcher paper that you needed. Oh, uh, this time I had butcher paper and, uh, spoiler alert, Jasmine sent it to me as a gift for Father's Day. It's true. Yes. And that is, uh, this peach paper that I read about in Aaron Franklin's, uh, Franklin barbecue cookbook which I've been using as a little bit of a Bible, especially when it comes to brisket. And uh, yeah, so you're instead of wrapping it in foil, you wrap it in this paper and it keeps the texture of the bark a little bit more preserved. And the... Are you still getting comments on Instagram when you show pictures of you unwrapping it that people are like, it's burnt? Or are those gone now? Yeah. Now, now they just assume you always burn it. I mean, I always like trying to be cool and being like, haters are going to say it's burnt or whatever. Right. I actually... No one ever really said it was burnt until I've prompted them. And then a couple of people are like, yeah, you're right. It's burnt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not. You know, I did have, um, you know, that moment where barbecue, it's, 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 it's dark. It does look burnt, but it is not. Uh, I feel good about my brisket cookery. Good enough that like 4th of July is right now, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're this weekend. Or yeah. It was a weekend of festivities. And I, if, you, if we could gather with people... Uh, closer than six feet. I mm-hmm. would easily be like, yeah, we're going to do a brisket and some sausage and some, you know, chicken and we could do it all in one day. Yeah. Uh, am I ready to charge money for my brisket? Not quite, but okay. close. Okay. I mean, it depends. Right. It depends on the quality. Yeah. Um, but I feel good. Do I've you got like your brisket now. chopped or sliced? I love this. I love when you ask me questions, like chefy questions. <laughs> is this a chefy question? I think so. This is more like a barbecue menu question. I, I think a yeah. lot, yeah, a lot of this comes to, I think, aesthetic, right? Um, you know, if you're slicing your brisket, there's a beautiful look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you tend to slice? I mean, are people slicing the the less fatty part? And I mean, you slice all of it, right? Like, so I yeah. mean, uh, from the things that I'm learning, you slice through all of it. Now, most people's Instagram shot of them holding a brisket is a slice through the point cut, which is the thicker, more fatty part of the brisket got it yeah uh, and again real quick to clarify i am not a pit master but i'm enjoying this obsession as much as i used to with sous vide cooking hmm. uh, because there's a lot of similarities yeah. um but yeah you want to slice it all the way through that being said i always think if, if for some reason your brisket comes out a little dry chopping it is always the answer and it always gets into barbecue where like do you like sauce true texans usually will argue that like all you need is the bark and the the spice rub maybe that goes on the meat you don't need any sauce uh, obviously, I have a barbecue sauce out there, I like sauce. and I like sauce. I like sauce too, but I, I mean, I generally like condiments and sauce and salad dressings and things like that. Like, Always, I kind of need liquid on my plate. Yeah, so I mean, I think you know the first slice of brisket I like to eat without sauce. You get this flavor of the smoke. You see how the seasoning was, mm-hmm. uh, but I think if you're gonna like, if you are gonna sauce it, I kind of like it chopped and like thick. Yeah, and burnt ends is always a fun, you know, chopped up burnt ends on a yeah. sandwich, yeah. delicious. Good. Definitely. So thanks for asking the barbecue questions. I actually thought, would anyone listen? It probably is a bunch of them already. But like, what do you think about a barbecue-specific podcast? I'm sure there is. Gotta be, gotta right? Be. Yeah. Gotta be. gotta be. And I just opened that up because I let guarantee. Uh, let us know on Instagram if you guys know of any good barbecue podcasts. I actually should post. I Every once in a while on Instagram, I post like a what podcast are you listening to mm-hmm. post. And we kind of need one of those because I love hearing what other people listen to. So Awesome. I'll give you one of mine Let's if you want. I am listening to right now. The season, I think it's season five, but it doesn't really matter, of Revisionist History, Malcolm Gladwell, back again. How's the new season? Uh, Two episodes in, and again, no spoilers, but a lot of it has to do with hoarding and the museum art world. And in typical Malcolm Gladwell fashion, how those two things sort of weave in and out of each Mm. other. There's a lot of 
politics and business, of course, wrapped up in those two things as well. Always interesting. Um, Always but entertaining. Fun. I love his voice. You know what I really love? What? This is this is great. The music uh, interstitials. I do. I love his uh, ads. Uh, he uh, does an amazing yeah, job that. of like you know. You can tell that he's just like us. Like we drink Pellegrino, like it's right. it's here, um, but you can tell that he's you know uh, a participant of of the of the companies that are running ads. Yeah, well, I think um, when you get to be uh, Malcolm Gladwell, <laughs> I one of my podcasts that I'm listening to uh, is Unlocking Us. I think I shared with you that um, episode with um, Ibram Kendi. With um, so Brene Brown is the host, and mm-hmm. she's the same way. In the first podcast, she was like, "I'm only doing ads for things I really like." Period. Right. So I think that that is, um, yeah. Which is generally just be real quick as talent, like it's kind of the golden rule with all of it, right? Like yeah. if you, you like to me, it's pretty simple. Like you either you either already are using it, right? You like the product and the mission and are and are down with it, right? And or it's like already in your house, right? right? Um, and like that's been true with us too. Like of Pellegrino, of course. I just did a yeah. little ad thing for Dawn, and I mean we're like Dawn obsessed, right? You're like a Dawn, yes. You're like a <laughs> you Dawn blogger now. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, who knew? Did you know you could use this to clean fleas off your dog? So many, right? I, and, and like you always saw, anytime you put up like an ad, you're always sort of like ready for like what the response could be. That's well, not you, great. Yeah, you're, you're especially talking, as a you're chef. talking about Instagram and like when you post something on Instagram as an true, ad. But, true, true, true. And, and you're like cringing right like when you hit send because you think what people are going to be like you suck yeah sometimes again as long as you're comfortable with like no this is a product that like i i have no this is what i use it it's here or i did use it or whatever it is uh as long as there's authenticity to it uh that makes sense for me Uh, i'm reading that ibram kendi book you are that's good um i mean really like riveting like i I didn't want to put it down last night but you know when you're reading a lot and like you kind of you feel like you're losing a little focus, but you want to like really remember everything. You don't yeah. want, like I'm not trying to power through the book, right. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like our kids sometimes power through things and then you're like, what happened in the book? And you're like, oh, there was a wizard and. <laughs> His name was Harry. And that right. Was the yeah. End. Yeah. Uh, no, there's more to it. Yeah. Yeah. But how I, to be an anti-racist. A great read, by the way. I'm learning a lot. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, let's see. What else is going on? What uh, else do we have? Well, oh. we've been doing some re- recording inside I can, the house. I can hear actually something else that we have going on in the house. <laughs> <laughs> We have some really verbal new foster kittens. Someone actually asked, I think I told you on our Instagram, about our foster kittens and mm-hmm. what was going on. Because I think when we left you last, we had Pepper and Mayo, and Pepper was sick. And that mm-hmm. was where we left off last. Um, since then, an update, Pepper's fine. She had a virus, not coronavirus, um, that made her kind of wobbly and, and weak. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's she's fine. She came back uh, happy and sweet, and we had them for about another week or so. And there was some discussion of adopting, I think, because, you know, Pepper came apart in some hard times, and we felt like maybe, you know, this was a sign that we should adopt them. But um, I talked everyone out of it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Well done. I think I did pretty good, actually, saving uh, us from that. By the way, I just, just a part of me as I'm listening to you talk about it, that's just like... This is crazy. Uh, yeah, a year ago, if you told me that like we'd be doing like cat foster parent updates oh, and like and feeling like really like enthusiastic about it, yeah, I would be like, oh, I think that's not great content. But I've said that here's a real, real quick thing on the cats for me. Uh, mental health, I'm realizing, you know, over the last couple weeks specifically, yeah, is like a really big issue during quarantine, oh, and yeah. it's like for me. Again, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm old school in a lot of different ways. So for me to say that even mm-hmm. is a big step. And like the cats have just have a calming effect on me. Right. You That's, said that before. It's been, a, it's You're been fun. You're a cat fun. person. You said that last night, you, you but are. you said it like it makes so much sense now. No, so I, I, It does. <laughs> it was like, ching, 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 unlock. Like, yeah. Totally. And. Uh, and yes. I think that's right. And I don't want to get too close to the foster cats because, you know, we don't keep them. Right. Um, but they just, there's something about like the, uh, you know what it is? Like, like they're wild. They Especially wild. like they're, they're you kittens. You feel their energy, which, you know, I mean, in some ways that's kind of like uh, an opposites attract kind of theory. Not an opposites attract. That's not really what I'm saying. But it's like a positive neg- negative ion kind of thing. Mm. Like their wildness maybe makes you feel calm in mm. some weird way. I think, I think you're like right. Like the ocean. Like, yeah. You know, the ocean is like a wild thing that just spouts off ions and, and the other one of the other things would be like i've asked to go down to the beach and be on the ocean more than i usually would yeah same sort of thing the wind rustling through a forest does the same thing for me so hmm. i don't know i guess i am a cat person and then that's a reveal that we're making right now yeah that's uh, a reveal. and then we have two new ones 
The new ones are Gizmo and Boo. Yep, Gizmo and, they'll be gone and next week. Boo. And you can find <laughs> these cats usually somewhere popping up in the Instagram feed. That's true. Or uh, on the social media, on the TikTok, at yeah. Richard Blaze Official. My TikTok's TikTok. doing really good. Yeah. You said I that. had it's hundreds growing. of followers yesterday. It's growing. So I'm trying to figure out the algorithm and we're having fun. I need to put up more content. Speaking of having fun, Melissa King's coming up. I think this is a perfect next episode for our Top Chef mm-hmm. recap. So if you didn't listen to the Top Chef recap and you didn't watch the finale of Top Chef, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, go back and listen and watch the episode. And then, I don't know, you might want to tune in to Melissa King on this episode. No spoilers Yeah, given. Last last moment here. Spoiler alert. Melissa King wins Top Chef. That's what we're about to say. She was, again, in, in her moment, she's still not even, this this interview recorded not even more than a week since her finale aired. And she is in just a moment that very few people really can understand. I can because I've been in her shoes before. And like, you're just, you're, you're, you're just really, really hot. You know, like people are emailing you and uh, like just so many people are reaching out to you. And you can see, and again, you'll, you'll hear the, the sort of joyous uh, tone. I mean, she's always a joy, quite honestly. That's true. Um, but but it's, a, it's an interesting moment for people that win any sort of reality show or competition or even an athletic event, you know, where, you know, someone won the Super Bowl or World Series or whatever it is. So lots of fun. I say this at the end of the podcast, but let me say it beforehand just in case you're the type of person that doesn't listen all the way through. Melissa King as good of a chef as she is, uh, is as good as a person. Of like, a human. Yeah. yeah. And like, she's just a good incre- member of the human race. Oh, incredibly inspiring. And just like everything about her. And, you know, usually when you're like, Oh, someone's nice. I don't mean that she's nice. I mean mm-hmm. that she's inspiring. She is nice. Yeah. But like, uh, she, I, you know, people like that, I need to push me through our world, our industry, our businesses, because they're just always moving. They're always hustling. They're doing it with a smile on their face. Yeah. Melissa's one of those people. So, you know, she'll say sometimes, oh, that, uh, you know, I've, you know, uh, helped her or whatever. Oh, my gosh. It's a mirror. And, uh, you know, I want to thank her for being amazing. You ready yeah. to get into it? Yeah. And I think I mentioned it with uh, when we were talking to her. But, like, I'm just uh, piggybacking on what you're saying, that she's she's such an impressive person that, you know, she didn't obviously she knew again spoiler alert guys she knew she was going to win top chef right she knew that that was coming but she didn't know she was going to win fan favorite and she went ahead and before you know the the votes were counted pledged to donate that money pledged to donate you know i think it's ten thousand dollars yeah to a couple different charities that she um favors and it's like oh my gosh could you be any better of a person and especially in this moment when things are unsure when things are a little hectic and crazy and the world seems upside down it's like sometimes the best things you can do is 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 kind of reach out and make make the world a little better and i think she's an amazing person yeah to do that. and she's been doing that uh even before she won top chef so here she is uh without further ado melissa king okay everyone here we go uh this has been long overdue mostly because of me but maybe also because she is just just all over the place blowing up welcome to the show Top Chef All Star Melissa King. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I listen. I have not usually done the AM radio like DJ thing, but like Leading. your pre- your presence <laughs> is just bringing it out of me. Thank you, Melissa King, uh, joining us from LA on a Zoom. Uh, no one can see us, uh, but just to paint the picture, we're all in separate places, even though Jasmine and I, we do live in the same house, but we are in separate rooms. Uh, we find it works better this way. <laughs> just now, the whole thing. Not the podcast, <laughs> just like all of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now listen, uh, Chef, you've been super busy, obviously, and very, very hard to pin down over the last couple of weeks, understandably, because you won Top Chef. Did you happen to listen to our coverage of your finale on this podcast? I, I did not. My sister did. Um, so she kind of filled me in a little bit. I, I didn't get a chance to yet. I, I guess I should have done that before this call. You're, you're, no, a, little, no. you're a little busy. It's okay. You're a little busy. <laughs> yeah. And actually it works perfect for the podcast because there's only, you know, a couple hundred people that are listening. Just kidding. There's thousands. Uh, but we covered your win sort of in the commercial breaks as a viewer, obviously we had nothing to do with the season. So it was like really exciting to just be like a consumer and watch it as a fan. It was not just because you won, but it was an amazing episode and ride. 
Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of crying, you know? <laughs> yeah, I made the butcher cry. I think like I was crying, Steph was crying. There's a lot of crying all around, but it was a good one. I think that's kind of how it goes, right? Uh, Richard, you can probably speak to that. And exactly, you know how it feels. You've been there. You and we have both, I mean, we're the only two people that have been in the same situation, basically. We're the only two people that know how, like, that knows how this feels. So we, yeah. have, we'll spend, we have a special bond here. Small club. Um, did you, I mean, we'll get right into, you don't mind, I'm, I know you've only been talking, probably, or mostly been talking about Top Chef, but did you have that in the back of your head, like, during, like, the last couple of rounds where... You were like, I've, I've been in this situation before, like like really strategically thinking about what happened in the past? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think in the, you mean with my first season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I went in on my first season and I got there to the finale or I got there to the finals and then I just like got sent back home because the last chance kitchen person bumped me out. So I really wanted to make sure that didn't happen again this time around. Well, clearly you were successful uh, in that. Um, <laughs> God, I can't complain. <laughs> how long um, did you have to um, keep it secret? So when, when did they shoot the finale uh, in Italy? We, we shot in November, I think, or maybe beginning of November. So it's, it's been about seven months, which is like agonizing to hold a secret this long. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not easy. Yeah. They do try to, I, I always feel like it's such a long stretch too. Like it's never like, two months or something manageable it's yeah yeah it, and it's a big secret to hold I'm, I'm the worst at telling uh, keeping secrets so this was very hard for me I'm glad well, you it's did a good job you, you, you did a good job keeping the secret um and I tell you what even but you've been like really hustling over the last couple of years did yeah. you pick, did you pick up the I call it the entrepreneurial like <laughs> drive like knowing that you won, did you pick some of this up or was it always you just hustle? That's how you are. I, I think it's always in me. You know, my family is very business minded. I think it's always in me to think of ways to create and yeah, and, and just put my food out there. And so um, since the first show, absolutely. Yeah, it kind of kicked me into gear more, but I think it's, it's always in us. I mean, I see it in you too. You're hustling all the time. We're in the I'm, hustle club here. I am trying to keep up with you. Like that's as <laughs> that's as basic as I, love that it is. I like thrive on just keeping myself busy. Yeah, you have to for sure. Um, have the I'm assuming I, I know that the night you won, I sent you a text message. The doors are just swinging open even more so now. The emails you're flooding. The the fact that you have some time for us is incredible. Thank you for that. Yeah. Like, is 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 this part of it? What you imagined, or or what's been the difference post the win? I'm, I had no idea that I'd want to just like throw my phone across the room. I just, it was like blowing up and floating on Thursday night <laughs> with, with your text message awesome. included. Um, but it's been amazing just to get all of the, uh, to get, first of all, to get this off my, my chest and, and let the world know what <laughs> happened. And then also um, just to see how much everyone supported my journey and are excited about the future. And so it makes me excited to want to just keep doing more. So it's been good. Yeah. Um, real quick, I'll talk about like that feeling that I had sort of when I was in your shoes. Yeah. Um, but the, the story, just as a fan watching the show and like you want to watch it. And as someone who loves scripted television, you're watching your finale episode and you're like, the writing is great. The storytelling is great, right? Yeah. Like, this is going to win. A, this is going to win a, a writing, uh, you know, nominees. but then you real, and then you realize, oh, the writing is really just letting, you know, letting them showcase your personal story. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think there's been a finale. And again, I've been in a bunch, I've competed, judged, been a guest at some of those finale dinners. I don't think there's been a finale meal that told a better story or presented a better arc than yours. Thank you. You know, I really tried to embrace myself in that menu and showcase my story, my journey, the places I've been, who I am as a Chinese American chef, and just kind of like put it all together into these four courses. So I'm glad that that came off to everyone. Oh, clearly <laughs> it did. I mean, I think my favorite part was, and then when we covered it last week, Jasmine said this, when Tom's doing his walkthrough, 
and he sort of says to you, you know, no one's ever done like a Chinese Italian restaurant. It's in your head. <laughs> right. So yeah, in your head. So then Jasmine, you, you asked me, right? Like, Hey, does that, does Tom yeah. influence the chefs, which can happen. Mm -hmm. But I knew as soon as he said it and looked the look on his face and having done some of those walkthroughs with him that like he was feeling it. Like it was not second guessing you. He was like, right. This is a it was good like idea. curiosity. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I was like, shoot. I think I think I said that Tom reminded me of kind of like your mom, not your specific mom, Melissa, but just a mom character that's like, are you sure about that? Like, kind of. Oh yeah, he definitely. He's, I don't know if he would like that um, characterization, but. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't always have that like the Tim Gunn warming like well just make it work sort of thing like you don't know how he feels yeah you don't know got a good poker right. face yeah uh, <laughs> when you made that again getting into that finale meal like you're making decisions with the squab like the night before yeah and, and yeah. Uh, like and they really you know edited that to make it seem like oh no this is the this is it this is where it all the wheels fall off the bus right here. We're good at that too. <laughs> yeah, that, this is true. This is true. Um, I mean, that that's just the spirit of you as an artist, like just. I, I think it's just yeah, finding inspiration around me, um, constantly trying to learn and grow, and so yeah, we were there in Italy. Um, saw these amazing ingredients from the squab to the persimmons. Uh, the porcinis and I, I really felt I wanted to highlight that into one dish but I had thought originally to just sous vide it and then like pan sear the squab and then glaze it kind of do like a French style cook on it um, and then the night before I see Tom just like throwing it on the grill and I'm like why did why am I not doing that <laughs> I should totally be doing that um, just to get that really smoky char flavor um, into it and keep it a, a little more rustic and uh, comforting so was the kind of what's inspired um that the direction of that dish dare i say a little bit more bay area to absolutely bay area it's very californian of me to uh let the market guide me you know and that's what i that's what i tried to do uh with most of that menu kept it pretty were, were the porcini big enough to sled down a mountainside in? <laughs> Huge, like giant caps. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I don't even know how much money I spent. Unreal. On it was, they're pricey, but worth it. Yeah, there are those moments too where, of course, you're allotted a certain amount of money to spend, but it's not your money, and you're just a kid in a candy store, literally with porcinis and truffles. Exactly. Until you run out of money, then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the game is just, you know, you got to stay on budget and all that, and you know. So yeah. I remember being at Whole Foods, like, holding certain things back on the conveyor belt. Like, do I really need this, like, bag of, yeah. extra bag of Bonito Flakes? Maybe I can live without it. So, yeah, it's it's it, they test you in so many different ways, um, but it's it's all good. <laughs> it's all good stuff. Now, especially with how weird things are, what's like what's next? Like, what's the where are you at in your head? Like, what's what's happening for you? I'm sure yeah. a million things, so but things have changed, you know, with quarantine. But I think quarantine, the beauty of it is, it's actually inspired a lot of. Um, just all the projects I've currently been working on, um, from like making apparel, which I know you guys have some of the hats, um, uh, to creating a small batch sauce line. And I started thinking, you know, this needs to be something bigger and I should be putting some of this, um, the winnings into that project and really ramp it up and get it more into a retail space. Um, so yeah, I think it's moving more towards like products and then like virtual cooking experiences as well. And yeah. Because I think a lot of our daily work is very event focused and being at a food yeah. festival and being on stage at a music festival and we, we can't do that anymore. So I'm trying to find ways to bring that to the virtual world and yeah. let people experience our food or my food um, yeah, at, at home. <laughs> So how, how is it going? How, are you doing like classes on your own? Are you doing corporate stuff or both? both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, I do private classes. Um, I do them. I host them on Crowdcast. You can go to my website at chefmelissaking.com and you can kind of surf around for different on-demand classes that I've already pre-recorded and you'll see some new ones available from time to time. 
Um, but that's going really well. It, it makes me feel connected to people at home. Um, and then the corporate stuff has been coming in too, which is great. Um, and just doing kind of internal um, cooking seminars for, for different companies. Yeah. Weird uh-huh. new world, right? Very weird. Yeah. yeah. How are you guys like adapting to all this? <laughs> well, um, if, if Richard were to turn the camera around, you would see that there's like a guy rappelling off of our roof right now, trying to set something up. <laughs> like, so they're trying to like rig some, some canopy or something over a grill. I have no clue, but. Yes. We are doing a live uh, event for uh, tennis, taste of tennis later this afternoon. So just like you it's all uh virtual work you know but again yeah i think like we've all evolved so quickly uh, and and had to but i think the hospitality industry is so good at that we're so good at just evolving Mm. on our feet and rolling with the punches and so i love seeing what you've done with your own career it's inspired me and yeah hopefully we just keep crushing it (laughs) that is crazy You're much better at the, uh, the uh, weaving in the natural call to action. Like as you're just pitching all your projects, it's like they're very natural. It doesn't seem like me. I'm just, I'm too goofy. And it's just like, you know, if I'm trying to like tell you to go buy something, I'm like, buy this thing. I love it though. I love that side of you. <laughs> you know, well, you know what? Okay. And so this is a perfect segue because that side of me, I could not reveal until I won Top Chef. And I mean, like personally, like I, struggled with serious chef syndrome, which is a thing I just made up what? where I could not loosen up or <laughs> be fun or dance or smile or make yeah. fun of myself until really I won Top Chef. And then I had this, this big, huge release. Did you like, did something, is there something happening in you right now too? That's like, now I can do this or. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, even from my first season, I felt that release that you're talking about of just being able to just embrace yourself, be who you are um, and be very unapologetic about that. And um, I love it. And so I think with this time around, it's certainly carrying on more. And I think from what you're telling me, I'm going to be a big goofball from this point on. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm no. at home. I'm in my private life. I'm kind of a weirdo. Um, but yeah, I hope, I hope people can see more of that. <laughs> Yeah, my, my biggest, like um, every once in a while, I will get someone who will DM me and say, I liked it. I liked you before when you were, you know, you were just really focused on your thing and like you didn't do TikTok videos and like what happened to you? And it's like, it's always like crushing because it's like, oh, I actually decided I was going to smile every once You're, in a while. You actually decided and, to be yourself. <laughs> you know? Truly, truly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that for me, that kind of like, I would not have been in this place to just relax if I didn't win um, or push myself to accomplish major things like becoming a runner or whatever it is. So what are some of your big three to five year goals? Sorry to give you such a like interview question. Um, I mean, like, again, I think like you inspire me a lot with what you've done with your own career, um, doing more television work, uh, you know, hosting. I think I'm going to move away. I'd like to transition away from com- competitive cooking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like say that. I think I've retired yeah, yeah. from that. Um, but yeah, I would love to have a show, um, cookbooks, restaurants, the whole thing. Okay. So many goals. Yeah. And whether yeah. or not I can achieve that all in three to five years, we'll see. But <laughs> I would like to do yes. as much as I can in that time. Well, period. I think of the things you just rattled off. I mean, I'll take the odds that all three of those things easily will happen, probably within the next eight months. It's certainly movement. Yeah, I mean, even since Thursday, or since that episode, it, there's been a lot of movement. So it's, it's really exciting right now. Yeah, and then you have to do, uh, well, I'm sure you have management, uh, and I'm not pitching, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure you have management. But I do remember in my first run on Top Chef, which was well before the world was what it is now with uh, our connectivity, Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it is trying to also filter through, does this person want to do a business deal with me or do they just want to have drinks? Yep. Yep. There's a lot of that. A lot of filtering. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, absolutely. Like who can you trust? But I'm a very yeah. trusting person. So I think, yeah, I think I probably need someone on my side to like make sure I filter a little better because sometimes 
I'm, I don't know. I may end up in a scenario where I'm going to get ax murdered. I don't know. <laughs> right. Or, or you may be about to go um, meet an astronaut. And uh, this is something that, <laughs> you remember this? Ooh, this is something that happened ooh. to Richard and I. Yes. The, the fact that this oh. is so long ago that this happened through MySpace should give you some My indication of like, <laughs> the time when it happened. But we yeah. totally got catfished early in like Top Chef life. <laughs> by some uh person I, I can't even say whether it was a woman or a man or anything because who knows um but yeah they were good friends with like neil armstrong and <laughs> it was anyways what were they was, trying to get you though they were trying to get him to come and like just you know like you know you get like offers of like oh i'm a navy captain i'll take you out on the boat whatever it was kind of an offer like that of like i'm friends with all these astronauts i can take you up on some like inter-atmospheric mile high ride <laughs> they pushed listen melissa they they were pushing all the nerd buttons with me and <laughs> they him, were I, yeah. I was going to space was, i, I was going to get sold. paid to do it i was going with celebrities and then like every time we got closer to it there were like crazy things that happened like the person got shot at one point and when, <laughs> which is That's when we realized yeah, that's when we um, realized some like legit. red flags went up then. Yeah. Started, so. <laughs> we're not going to space. <laughs> yeah, we're not, so we're not going to space. No, but are no. we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so yes, it's good happy. to have someone filtering <laughs> filtering your emails, Melissa. That's a good choice. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you guys could also commiserate on the sauce line stuff too. Yeah, if, you if, guys wants to talk about that at all. Yeah, tell me about your sauce here. Well, my, you know, I have taken, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I've been obsessed with barbecue. I'm sure you're very similar. You go through these different obsessions where, okay, and so now with quarantine, I just sit out in the backyard and I smoke brisket, you know, a couple times a week. And uh, I, I realized that I kind of, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a sort of typical American kid that loves ranch dressing and barbecue sauce and honey mustard. So why not? you know, launch some barbecue sauce lines, uh, you know, flavors. So that's where we're at. You're, you're doing things that are much more, I feel like in the chef stratosphere. Uh, they were, they were sauces that I made on the show and sauces that I just, I make at home for my family when I come home, like the EXO sauce and the Szechuan chili sauce. Um, but I thought, Hey, why not just like small batch these and see what happens. But it, it like took off and, uh, people, we sold out several hundred units and, two minutes, minute and a half, something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna try to keep it going. <clears throat> Trying to find some, you know, larger co-packers to kind of help me with it mm. and get it on, ramp it up yeah. on, a, on a larger scale. So um, can you explain, because again, our, our base, I, they're, they're maybe newly in the industry. What is XO sauce? Aha, uh -huh. I love talking about this. So um, EXO sauce is a very traditional um, Hong Kong condiment, and it's a sauce that's got a lot of umami. It ha it's made of dried scallops, dried shrimp, um, shallots, garlic, a little bit of chili, and it's called EXO because um, it's, it basically describes luxury, like, uh, you know, when you, when you buy like a bottle Cognac or something, and it has XO mm -hmm. on it. Uh, what does that mean? Like extra special something? I feel like yeah, yeah. So the 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 term got coined for the sauce, the condiment, because it's made of such high quality ingredients. Um, and yeah, so it's generally pretty pricey, but it's very tasty. You can put it on anything. You can cook with it. Um, I put it on noodles and dumplings, and like the XO sauce I made in Italy on the second to last episode. I made it all with prosciutto because there's typically a little bit of like ham, cured ham in the traditional Hong Kong version of it. But we were in Italy and I was like, hey, you know what? Let's let's cook the prosciutto, even though all the Italians are telling me not to cook the prosciutto. But I'm going to do it because it's going to be awesome. Um, but I made I didn't have access to dried scallops. So I actually I used batarga as the supplement for the like uh, cured fish. Yeah. Element. And, that, and, and that's where like the brilliance of like your menu and your ideology, like just that's where it was just so smart. Like you start realizing with, with whatever, whatever regional cuisines there are, right? Yeah. But there's like all these similarities. 
Yeah, there's so many similarities. And like, I, I couldn't find Thai chilies, obviously. And so I, but I saw these fresh pepperoncinis. And so I used that in the exo sauce as well. Um, but yeah, there's so many similarities. Like you look at a risotto and that's basically um, congee. You know, it's like Chinese risotto. <laughs> and you got dumplings, which are, uh, you know, raviolis and tortellinis. Uh, noodles, Chinese noodles, so similar to pasta. So they're in my head, I was just kind of cross, like, that's just how my brain works. I like crosswire these things and it just all made sense to me. Like, why not present a menu that kind of shows a bit of me and where I, where I'm at. So smart. Yeah. Yeah. Super smart. Uh, And uh, I think that's what, you know, I think fusion gets a bad rap, but when you, when you look at it through the lens, you're looking at it. Uh, that's when it's smart. All right, near the uh, the end of the show here. Um, first of all, I want to invite you on my other podcast. Let's do Food it. For it. I'm okay. keep doing podcasts. <laughs> um, this one would be, as a matter of fact, I'm going to put you on the spot. Food court, if you don't know, which I don't expect you to, because you're super famous, and why would you listen to my other podcast? But it is two celebrities coming on, battling about something that they are very passionate about. Tomorrow's episode is chicken wings, you know, drumsticks versus flats as an example. Ah. Um, I would love for you to find someone that you want to battle. Uh, and if so, just off the top of your head, what is a food pet peeve that you have that you might want to take to the food court? Food something food. you are passionate about, like like ketchup versus mustard or anything like that. I see, I see. I'm getting what the concept is here. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to think about this one. <laughs> That's a hard one. This, That's a hard one. Plus, hard one. like, it's like you're talking about your mistress on here on our on this podcast, <laughs> talking about your other podcasts. They, they share, they share listeners. <laughs> you got to get it all in. Who's going on on this chicken one? Who, who are the two people? I have to go back and look at actually the guests. And it's, uh, but we have had, uh, let's see, we have had, Naisha's been on the show. Who else have we had from John the Topshop family? John and Vinny have been on the show. And it's usually like a chef versus a comedian or something like that. Simon Majumdar has been on. Uh, lots of big, uh, you know, food network and Top Chef talent. Yeah. Mm. Love it. Um, I don't know what my, th- I'm still thinking of what my thing will be. Nah, no think. worries. You have no time. Worries. Think about it. Yeah. I threw a how's, tough um, one at how's, uh, how's SF doing in the whole scope of things right now? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm actually currently in Los Angeles, so I'm not right. positive, but, uh, from what I'm seeing and hearing it's, they've opened up some of the restaurants to do like sidewalk seating, but I don't, I think LA is suffering a lot more. Yeah. See how how bad it's getting. Apparently, it's getting it's getting a bit worse here. Um, but SF, I hope we don't have to like close back down or anything like that. Yeah. But restaurants are certainly struggling, you know, all around. Right. Yeah. This is another. Yeah. This, this is going to be another tough one. Uh, do you? Wh- what are one or two things that you see possibly that will be positive from this in our industry? Um, what could? How could we? Yeah. How could we come out of this and? Uh, like what could be some of the shining moments that come from this? Um, I mean, I think that the positive thing overall is that we're a much more hygienic society now. <laughs> I think like there were certain things that we weren't doing in the past that we probably should have yeah. been doing, like washing our hands and uh, wearing a mask if you're sick. Um, but I think, I mean, I think uh, for the restaurants specifically, I, it just makes me sad that like hospitality, that, that, that aspect of hospitality is lost now. And it's just like the, thing, the reasons why I love to go to a restaurant is being serviced and being part of the em- environment and the atmosphere. And now it's so different when people are, when your server's wearing a, a plexiglass mask <laughs> and coming yeah. to the table with gloves. And, um, but right. I hope, I think like even just like food delivery and takeout seems to be like a very popular thing that's ramping up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts behind yeah. that? Nice, nice way to uh, ping pong it back to me. I'm getting ready for my <laughs> tennis event. Uh, yeah, I, I think that we're going to see the uh, sort of the, the birth of the micro restaurant, you know, whereas just in with the financial crisis that we've dealt with in the past and even 9-11, you know, there are big shifts in our industry. And I feel like maybe just for financial reasons or because they have to be takeout 
or digital that I think you're going to see a lot of micro restaurant concepts and a lot, obviously a lot more that has to do with, you know, maybe people coming to your home to mm -hmm. cook smaller meals for you. So I just think the digital space and the, and the smaller niche micro restaurant might be born, which I'm kind of excited about because I think you'll see creative chefs do cool things. Yeah. You mean like kind of like having like incubator kitchens and like smaller overhead and because that's what I kind of see coming out of it too is like, you know, no one's going to want to invest in this huge restaurant with like a lot of square footage where you can only have yeah. get 20% capacity. It just doesn't make sense. So I, I see that restaurants will be evolving towards more of these like incubator kitchens where they can create and then do more delivery or come to your house to, to cook. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, an, I'm hoping the Uber, the Uber of the private chef, I think the private mm -hmm. chef world will explode. Mm -hmm. Although I guess, home right now is becoming a professional chef you know they're like been cooking all day that's long <laughs> which is kind of amazing that's I love true. that that's like happened and people have people have a lot more interest in, in cooking nowadays I think it's great yeah we're gonna wrap it up Melissa King you're amazing uh someone on one of my live streams yesterday was like what did you think about the Top Chef finale and I, I made it very clear that Obviously, anyone could win a show, Top Chef. Everyone's talented that's on a cast like that. Uh, but that not only are you an incredibly talented chef, but you're, you're, you're an amazing person. Like, I don't think you realize how inspiring. Like, you had, you had an Instagram post the other day that, like, I got goosebumps even thinking about it right now. Uh, you know, what you're doing, the impact you're making on our industry. And, and for me personally, it's just, it's just massive. I know Jasmine feels the same way. Uh, you're one of our favorite people well before you won Top Chef. I'm not just jumping on the bandwagon here. I had the king hat. I had the king hat well before the win. <laughs> one of the originals. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, to get that out of the way, but we wrap up the show usually with what we call 86th. What is one thing in the world or in the restaurant industry or in the cooking world that you would like to 86 and get rid of? It can be as heavy as you want or as light as you want. Oh, uh okay we're gonna go heavy with this we're going with racism this is 86 that crap <laughs> yep. it needs to go it needs to be gone that's we're why you're great forward not backwards here people absolutely yeah. absolutely the things that are coming through a lot of these uh these moments you know again if you have to look at again what's going to be good from this you know uh mm -hmm. i think it is like the, the, this this continued fight for equality across every sense of the word uh, mm -hmm. I agree with you. So well said, as always, Melissa King, oh, you're nice. a rock star. King. Hi. Can't wait to be six feet apart from you with Max on in a restaurant or closer soon. Closer, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are so much fun. Thanks, Chef. Thanks, Melissa. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to San Pellegrino for the amazing sponsorship. Our music was provided by Mikkel Anthony. My co-host is Jasmine Blaze. She's my co-host in everything in life. And until next week, stay hungry.